So welcome, everybody. Welcome back to my podcast. Uh, today, we have a special guest. Uh, I've got Cody Boers uh, here today. And Cody is a wealth advisor with Scotia Wealth Management, which is a division of Scotia McLeod. And Cody, welcome aboard, man. Nice to have you here. Randy, thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm excited to be here. All honesty, this is my uh, my first podcast, and I was really looking your, forward to it. Your first podcast. Oh, my God. Well, first, first of many. Podcast, first podcast. Yeah. First of many, I hope. Yeah. I, and, I think uh, so. I think I'm going to be launching my own after this, so it should be fun. Good. Well, hopefully you'll have me on there. I'd be happy to do that. Yeah. Yeah, a special guest for sure. <laughs> so we we met, I guess, uh, a few months ago um, online, basically, initially, and then we met for a coffee and we got to talking. And I know that you are in an industry that is of interest to a lot of people, which is investing. And uh, in today's world, everything is so complicated. And uh, so I thought what we might talk about today, well, first of all, before we do that, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you live in Milton, yeah, well, right? You live in Milton, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so I, I live in Milton. Yeah, but our uh, our office is here out of Burlington. So uh, it's it's not far. I grew up in Milton though, and and uh, studied at McMaster. And next, and uh, I, I knew I knew I wanted to get into investing and some kind of investment management. So I went through Scotia Wealth. Is they put on a program for uh, rookie development. So they uh, they develop advisors. So that was about a year and a half uh, of, of training in Toronto, training with teams and so forth. So now I've been uh, just over uh, another year and a half as a, as a solo advisor here at Scotia Wealth Management. Uh, I lead a team of professionals that service uh, largely affluent clients in the local uh, Halton area, Halton West. Uh, so it's, uh, things have been good, been busy, right? Uh, it's, it's trending right now. Investing is a, is a big part of what people have been, uh, been doing during, during COVID and other sources of income, right? So is, it ain't that the truth. Yeah. yeah. And there's a yeah, lot of money out there, man. A lot of people have yeah. a lot of money that they've made through real estate, through the stock market. Uh, the world is filled with money. And a lot of people that move here seem to have a lot of money too. Unlike years ago. Yeah. You know, immigrants would come here with like 20 bucks in their pocket. Now they're coming here with a million dollars and an MBA. So it's a different world. Yeah, yeah. yeah different world we live it's in. It's a totally so, different world. So, Cody, do you, do you deal just with high net worth individuals or do you deal with all sorts of people who are interested in investing money? Yeah. So I guess like investment management as a whole, there's different segments that deal with different types of clientele. Uh, Scotia Wealth and uh, wealth management firms usually are dealing with uh, with higher higher net worth individuals, and the reason behind that is we bring a team with us, right? So the team is designed to provide services beyond investment management. Uh, services include tax planning, estate planning, retirement planning, and usually these type of services are, are best fit with clients that have some sort of complexity in their in their investing picture, right? And those complexities are usually tied towards uh, larger portfolios. Excellent. So that's really where we service uh, service our best type of clients. Now, I've known a lot of people throughout the years who, um, there's, uh, to me, there's like two camps of people. There are certain types that like to do it themselves. There's a lot of investors that, man, I'm going to do my own investing. I do I pick my own stocks. I'm going to buy Tesla if I want to buy Tesla. You know, I'm going to uh, invest in penny uh, mining stocks in, the, in BC if I want to. There's that kind of person, which I'm sure you've met a few. And then there's also yeah. people who, <laughs> some of them have personalities, no doubt about it. And there's some that, um, that are really looking for an expert to help them because I think those type of people understand how complex the world is. And um, there's all this idea of you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. 
And there's different types of clientele, different ages. People who are 35 may have different goals than people who are 60. So I thought we might talk about that a little bit today. Um, can you explain to me, maybe in, in your experience, the differences between a DIY investor and what they're looking for and uh, what would be the pros and cons of doing it yourself versus hiring someone, a professional like yourself, uh, to do the same thing, but maybe with much more expertise? The pros and cons of, of doing it yourself. Well, I mean, it, it's really, I think it's really, it's grown the last year where there's, where there's people doing it themselves. Uh, and and the the pros are largely to that is it's 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 easy to trade right where uh, if I have a client that wants to make a specific trade they're calling me and we're putting it through where somebody that's a do-it-yourself investor is able to go on their phone on their computer and quickly buy whatever they're looking at right whatever they think is going to be the next play that they want to get invested in right. um, so I guess it would be access access to access to trading would be a large one right uh, is that's one of the main differences between an advisor. And, uh, and and a do-it-yourself investor that, that can come with uh, dangers as well but we can we can get into that a little bit down the road but um, yeah so that would be one of the the main the main differences is is, is largely access information but right. something that's important for for the do-it-yourself investor and really something they need to look at is is with that is uh, what, what what's their strategy like are they looking at just buying the the latest trend or the latest uh, company that they've seen on the news or are they sticking to some kind of strategy that they've implemented uh, and and are, are following through on right because it's very with investing you got to be uh, you got to be diligent and you have to be process oriented and that's a that's a major a major thing you need to look out for for absolutely. sure absolutely I've known people uh, who became nervous wrecks doing their own investment. And some of them even who had people helping them, but uh, their personality was, you know, if the stock went down for two days or even one day, they were very nervous about that and it caused them a lot yeah. of stress. And uh, so there's different personalities involved. Um, I guess I guess one of my questions would be if someone came to you and let's say it's a very successful young professional and they're maybe 35 years old, uh, what would, where would you typically steer uh, someone like that or a young couple that are in their 30s and they they both got excellent jobs they've got a house and they're doing well and they've got extra money uh, where would you typically steer someone like that versus someone who comes to you who's say 60 and they're thinking already about retirement are there different approaches in the stock market that you would uh, yeah for recommend? sure yeah, I, I totally agree. And Randy, I, I was going to mention at the beginning, I'm going to try to bring as much of a non-biased perspective as I can, right? Obviously, I'm an advisor and I, I believe in the process. But at the same time, I do totally think that there is a spot in the market for the do-it-yourself investor. If we're talking profiles of what we kind of think where the person fits in best, usually we see the do-it-yourself investor as somebody that's younger, Yep. has more free time because with with uh, the do-it-yourself process comes a lot of time that you should be putting into terms of research, uh, research and analysis, right? So usually they're younger, uh, less complexities, smaller account sizes, uh, and a little bit more time where the person that you mentioned, the other profile of the 35-year-old, younger, their career's coming together, that's usually where you start to see the transition from from somebody that was at a, at a, at a branch or, or somebody that was dealing with the do-it-yourself process 
towards an advisor, where now they're starting to come into major changes. They, they bought a home. We can look at debt structuring, whether they should be investing or they should be paying off their mortgage. It all depends on the interest rate environment that they're in, right? With low interest rate environments like right. we are in today, right. usually can make sense to invest. And, and that type of advice is some of the stuff that you get from an advisor uh, and the financial planning process as a whole. And uh, people in the, in the early, uh, early, early in career, young family with, uh, with a, a kid often requires an RESP, right? And that's another source of advice that you'd be getting planning around that, how to ma uh, maximize on the grants. So I think as your life starts to grow, I think the need for an advisor does as well, um, just because there's so much out there that, uh, that beyond just investing, it's not always just about picking the companies in your portfolio, right? It's about access to information and, and, and the right strategies. And then somebody that's 60, you know what? There, there's, still, there's still a lot of planning required in, in, oh, in that type of scenario maybe, maybe where they're more. approaching retirement. Yes. Yeah, if not more, and right? Though. So you, it's you start thinking about estate planning and wills and children and avoiding taxes taxes on a, on a death that kind of stuff. Man, it gets really cool. Yeah, I know that for sure. And, and you know what? People are living longer way, nowadays. Way above right? my head, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, way exactly. above my head. I need an expert <laughs> to help me because I have no clue. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't take anything away from you. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. So I know, and there are different life, uh, I guess in everybody's life, I see this in real estate as well, where there are life events that come along, such as yeah. a marriage, uh, purchase, uh, purchasing or selling a house, uh, you know, a baby or more children in the house, retirement, those sort of life events that come along that seem to trigger a lot of these issues about, you know, what should we do now? Um, and I know yeah. certainly in my demographic, you know, a lot of things come to play. You say, well, exactly what am I going to do now if I'm at an age? Do I really want to work, you know, 10 years from now? Uh, maybe or maybe not. I do. I like working. You know, should we sell the house? Should we sell the house in Mississauga or in Milton or in Toronto and move to a cottage somewhere and downsize or, or maybe not? And what do we do with all this? Maybe they've got some assets. They've got a cottage. You know, they've got different properties. They've got an investment condo. What do we do with this in the event of our passing with our children to avoid uh, a lot of taxes that can happen if you do it wrong? I know that for sure. And then we get back to stocks like Tesla, my favorite, which doesn't, it seems to just go to the moon. Like it doesn't matter yeah. anymore. Or, or some of the crazy stuff that's out there with Bitcoin and stuff. I, I don't, I don't even get close to that. That to me, yeah. I used, I used to do a bit of stock trading back in the day. <laughs> so. I think everybody did. I, it's, it, it's interesting and it's, it's fun to do, but it's, it's, it's making sure that you're diligent in it. Right. Cause companies like Tesla do fall like January, February was not good for, and, and March, yeah. not good for Tesla. So yeah. they sure they did over 600% last year, but uh, they, they pulled and back nothing, large, right? Nothing against uh, Tesla because you know, they're doing some no. great things. Great company. Just, yeah. There seems to be a lot of speculation in the stock market these days, man. Just uh, the, you know, you, yeah. certain stocks just get latched onto by the world and they just drive them up to the moon. Tesla probably being the biggest example. So COVID um, had a huge impact on that for sure. Yeah, well, that's a good uh, question. Which, Actually, let's talk about it. I know that we had put together sort of a list of questions, but we didn't mention COVID. Uh, how do you find that uh, in, the, in the general marketplace? Are there things to consider 
I mean, obviously, we look around our local economy and certain industries are hurting, you know, restaurant. I, I don't know if yeah. it's a great time or maybe it is a great time to invest in a restaurant yeah. stocks because they're down so low or, you know, other companies are booming. The Amazons of the world are have never had it so good. So is that something to, to consider the fact that we're in this COVID environment and maybe for a while yet? You know what? And it, it totally is. It totally is. COVID has done. There was a lot in the news about the, the meme stocks, right? And so COVID has really pushed social media and then, then social media trading, right? Where people, young investors are gathering together to create groups of, and then they're, they're pitching stocks to each other and they're jumping on it and that momentum. And, and they're just the, the retail investor in general has never been so large, right? Uh, traditionally, it's, it's institutional investors that are making up over 70% of the market, right? Where retail was starting to push the numbers up this year. Uh, so that was a major trend. And then you said it yourself, like if you want to make specific, I guess, plays on on where things are going in the country, but it, it's very complicated too, right? Because Canada's lagging to the US. The US is already pretty much starting to open up. Yes. Uh, companies are starting to recover, where Canada, not so much, right? Um, so it's it, there's a lot that goes into it, but it's, it's very interesting where uh, the recovery plays in the US are starting to open up where so you, not so much in, in, in Canada, yeah. So you're saying there there could be some recovery plays in the stock market right now as we get for sure. COVID that there could be some definite opportunities there in today's stock yeah. market. But Just, but there's so much noise and I think the uh, important the important thing is like to ignore it and stick to your process. Whatever your process was before, the the, the problems occur when you jump outside of your process, whether it's with the advisor or whatever you were doing on yourself. That's when the problems occur is when you're listening to, to the noise on the outside and trying to make specific plays. Uh, that's where you can make some, some major mistakes. Yes. Okay. So what's, a, sure. piece of, what's a piece of advice that you would give? Um, again, we talk about the different ages, but let's, let's stick with the 35-year-olds. So a young couple come yeah. to you, and they both got good jobs. They've got extra money. Um, without getting into specifics, like I'm not going to ask you, you know, what do you invest? What would you recommend investing in? What's a piece of advice in terms of a strategy that you would probably recommend to a couple such as that? They both got great jobs, they're yeah. making good money, they bought their house, they got a kid, but they got excess money now. What's 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 some advice that you would give them? Would you tell them to go after growth? Would you tell them to yeah. go after like uh, interest income? Would you tell them to maximize their RSPs? Uh, I mean, again, yeah. I'm no expert on this stuff. What would you say? To, <laughs> what would you say to someone like that? There's a there's a lot to do, right? Um, and there, there's a lot to consider as well when you're when you're looking at that. It's hard to just provide one strategy that fits all. Uh, okay. When you Fair. when you work with a, an advisor, usually what happens is how I how I structure my practice at least is we bring on the clients, and before we even look at the portfolio, we're doing a full financial plan because. You, each person has different needs, right? And then it comes down to, you mentioned whether we do growth or what are we looking at, that comes down to the investor themselves. If they're not comfortable with the volatility that's associated with some growth strategies, yeah. maybe that's not the right fit for them, right? So it's it's sitting True. down, getting to know each other and figuring out what, what is it that they're really looking for and then so building, it, building it with that, yeah. Do you project like a timeline and say, okay, where do you want to be 10 years from now? If you're if yeah, here so today... We, we, where do you want to be 10 years from now? Is that the sort of thing you do? It's, it, it's exactly a goal. Goal-oriented investing is really what we look at. So we set up, this is the strategies that we really want to employ. Uh, when they first sign up, this is what the next three months is going to look like. And then each year we're going to sit down as well, review the plan. Are we on track? Are we where we need to be? 
Uh, and that really resonates with people. And, and it's important because that's the peace of mind that uh, an advisor can bring, that they're, they're reviewing the strategy. Because the strategy that we employ at the end of the day, if it's just a strategy and we're not actioning it, then it, it really isn't going to help them, right? So we need to put it in an actionable strategy Makes that we sense. can review annually to make sure that they're on track. So um, not, but to, it, to answer your question... Yeah, go ahead. No, sorry. I cut you off. Go ahead. And to answer your question in short, uh, growth is usually the main focus of somebody at that point in their life where they're looking at growing their assets. So first, we we, we do look at utilizing the the registered products, the TFSAs, uh, the RSPs in order to reduce and defer taxes, as well as with the TFSA, you're you're technically... um, Almost eliminating it. There's very few... Automatically, everybody should be doing that for sure. Yeah, Um, TFSA is a no-brainer. Yep. Um, how much diversification would you recommend if someone came to you with uh, not a huge, let's say they came to you with uh, $100,000, which is a fair amount of money, but it's not a huge amount of money these days. What Would you tell them with that amount of money to diversify into two or three different areas? Or would you just say, let's put it in one specific area for growth? Or how would you approach something like that? Yeah, it's a good question, right? Like it, it, it depends on your view of the market. Each advisor is going to bring something different. Like last year, technology was definitely where you would have seen your large growth. But this right. year, technology was lagging. And the, the first quarter of the year, we've seen tech lag. And we've seen the Dow Jones, like your, 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 your big names in the U.S. that have been, uh, that have been pulling ahead. Every industrials, day. right? That Every they were day. lagging. So it's a uh, it's, it's, really, it's, it's really something that you need to stay informed. Diversification can come across a lot of things. You've got geographic as well as, uh, as, well as product, uh, yes. whatever they're looking at. And then you can get diversification as well with, with one product as, or multiple stocks across different industries, right? Should so that, definitely want to diversify. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so should, it, should Canadians in general invest only in Canadian stocks or should they look abroad and invest in some American stocks or other stocks around the world? Great should question. They, um, just stick to Canada. I, I don't no, know. And you know what? No. And it's, it's, a, it's, it comes, it, I wouldn't advise somebody to just stick to one geographic region, especially Canadian. Uh, the Canadian GDP makes up, I believe it's less than 5% of the global economy. Right. And, and the growth historically has been largely associated to the U S equities. That's where you've seen yes. uh, large historic growth. Right. So, I, the home bias is is you kind of the area you're from is you know better. So usually a lot of people do like to uh, have exposure to to Canada, but I would say a properly diversified portfolio is going to be usually have a larger exposure to the to the U.S. equities. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Okay, and then let's let's go flip back to the uh, the 60 year old that comes to you and says, okay, we paid off our house, we had a cottage, we paid off, we've got a uh, an investment condo that has a tiny mortgage on it, but it's rented out. And uh, we're 60 years old and we're thinking maybe, you know, we're going to retire within five or six years or something like that. And where should we put our money now? Somebody like that, just on a ballpark, I'm not going to hold you to it. But uh, for someone <laughs> someone like that, and, and it stands to reason, because again, I know most people in real estate too, uh, they want, they get risk averse as they get older, right? They're, 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 yeah. Their concerns are more like, let's hold on to what we got instead of trying to make some yeah. more. And so for someone like that who walks in and, yeah, they're, they're pretty successful. You know, they've had a pretty good run. They paid off their house. And what would you say to someone like that? Would you advise them just to load up the TFSAs, make sure their uh, RSPs are, are maxed out? Because there's 
only so much more you can go on that. And uh, but if they yeah. said, well, you know, we'd like to get some stock, uh, would you would you say some some conservative mutual funds or something like that? What would you what would you recommend for someone yeah. in that that demographic? Usually, as you um, get older, uh, th- there's less room for for error per se, which is like your volatility in, in the market, right? Stop and the volatility. Reminding. Stop reminding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the volatility is it's largely associated to to your equities, right? Where in the long run, we do see historic trends where the equities do go up, but. Um, in, in, in the short room, uh, short term, they, they're volatile, they're moving and, and you don't want to be selling when you're retiring at a loss. And so right. usually you do see less. But then again, like I, uh, we do have a, a few dividend portfolios where they're stable names, they're, uh, they're consumer products that even during uh, recession, people still need, right? Uh, so it's, it's products that you can trust and, and you're, you're looking for dividends. The problem right now also is fixed income which are your your bonds interest rates are so low so it's hard to get income for uh for portfolios right so you got to start looking outside the box but there's 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 a lot that goes into it besides just your investment selection it's retirement cash flow because we mentioned it earlier people are living longer so their money's got to last longer too right so that that that's a huge piece that we're doing now is examining in the financial plan how to make sure that they're going to have enough money and 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 make sure that everything's good they have nothing to worry about right that sounds really good cody so listen man do you uh you only service clients in milton or do you work the gta or areas surrounding yeah how far would you go so we would you go to oshawa (laughs) if somebody called you up (laughs) well i i i have a zoom meeting i would go you know what? It's it's uh, that that's the thing about COVID, right? We shifted online. Some in, some investors are open to meeting on Zoom, yeah. um, but uh, I, I service clients out of Milton, Georgetown. Uh, we have clients out of uh, out of out of Burlington. That's where our office is from. And then uh, I actually went to school out of Hamilton, so we have some clients out that way as well. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, on, on my free time, we do we do cottage. So my family is we've been cottaging on the Georgian Bay area for nice. for quite some time. So we Very do nice. service a few clients up in the Muskokas as well. So, oh, excellent, excellent. Yeah. Well, tell tell me Pretty then. Good. Talking about free time, I know you're a hardworking guy. I know you work 18 hours a day. I just know that. I know that about you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you yeah, must take 24 some, hours a day. You you must take some time off once in a while. <laughs> So what do you what do you like to do, Cody Boris, when you're not working? Is there something of you have a hobby or an interest that that uh, keeps you busy? Yeah, well, golf was definitely something that I've been working at. I wouldn't I say uh, I'm a I pro. Oh come on, you're being <laughs> but modest. even even prior to COVID, there's been nothing else to do, right? And unfortunately, we're shut down now. Yes. Um, but uh, but prior to that, there was there was definitely golfing. I actually recently took up some um, some biking, some mountain biking, Good which was uh, which was kind of fun. Good exercise and everything yeah. like that. Uh, so those two sports right now outside, besides like walking around and 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 golf, there wasn't really much you could do right with the COVID restrictions uh, and everything going on. Isn't it pathetic? Like nobody can do yeah. anything. It's just I don't know. I think a lot of people are COVID weary at this point. Yeah, and, uh, they're going yeah. crazy. Yeah, and sure. everybody's just waiting for it to be done. I think you're going to see an explosion yeah. of recreational activity, whether it's going out for dinner at a restaurant or or going golfing sure. or, you know, going to the gym, whatever, or going on vacation. Yeah. Uh, I think you're going to see an yeah. explosion of that if we ever get through this. So and people will be happy, you know, right. and maybe it'll be something like a second generation of baby boomers or something I just, like I, that. I know you're a scratch golfer. I just, I, I, and I'm a hack, <laughs> yeah. baby, but uh, I just knew it the first time I met you. 
Anyways, cool. Well, what do you is- like to do then, Randy? Uh, well, in my old age now, um, I actually have a hobby. Uh, most people don't know this. Uh, I like to cook. I started to, le- <laughs> I learned how to cook. I could, years ago when I was your age, I, I couldn't even boil water. I didn't know anything, but uh, I, I somehow picked it up. So that's become a hobby of mine. And I like to cook at least once a week. Oh, I get a bottle of wine out and get the, make a big mess in the kitchen and try to, try to put together something uh, that's, that people can eat at least not too bad. So that is my hobby. I find it sort of a creative outlet and uh, that's my hobby because golf certainly nice. isn't man. I I'm telling you golf is uh, <laughs> the most infuriating. I, st- I used to go to tournament. I used to go to the driving range and practice. And then I'd go to a, like a tournament and I'd be in a foursome. I was, I was always the worst in the foursome. I was always the worst guy in that group of four. And it's just one of those, I wish I had taken it up earlier, maybe when I was a kid. Uh, but uh, it's just an infuriating game. You hit one good drive, and then you have like a three-putt green or something. Or, you, you know, I would drive anywhere. It doesn't ne- necessarily have to be straight. It could be sideways. It could be sliced. It, it could be anything. I just, yeah. golf Golf is a but game that's of skill. What, it's a definite that's, game of skill. But that's what you live for. With, that's what the sport's <laughs> all about, is you're just living for that one good shot when you get well, out there on the yeah, course. Yeah, but say, wow, I, I remember I can do it. one tournament, I was with this guy. I won't say his name, but he was just like a semi-pro golfer he would hit that ball and it would disappear straight straight arrow shot you it would disappear you'd lose sight of it the guy was amazing i think when we were he golfed like a 70 on one on that tournament and the rest of us were just hacking around it was terrible but uh it goes and you see it on tv sometimes it looks so easy but man it's not but you're a scratch girl i just know it i know it cody yeah for sure anyway i wish i was um, so <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to put your contact information uh, in the underneath the uh, the podcast so, so people can reach you. And I do appreciate you coming on here. Uh, I know there's there's so many different places where you can put your money. Uh, obviously, for in, in my world, uh, we we you know we tend to put people into real estate, but real estate is great. But there's also the other side. And you know, after you've got your house, a lot of people don't want to buy a whole bunch of investment properties because there's there's issues that come with that. Uh, so yeah. definitely the stock market is definitely out there and RSPs and mutual and, funds and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The people need to know. And you know what, Randy, yeah. we, we don't advise clients to put all their money in, in, in the investment portfolios, right? I think right. A, a properly, you, you mentioned diversification earlier and yes. I think it, it's, it's important that you don't just look at diversification in, in investments uh, in, in the stock market, but also across all areas of investments, right? right. Uh, a client that's got some money should be in the stock market. They should be in the real estate market. They should be invested across the board, right? I it's important. hundred percent. Yeah. So hundred percent. All right, Randy, well, I appreciate having me on the podcast and uh, I'm looking no forward to, uh, to having another one. Yes, it was a pleasure. Thank you, Cody, for being on today. And we'll talk again soon. Bye now.